Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Life is not worth living unless we've got the presence of God with us. Because we are nothing without him. If Jesus was nothing and could do nothing without the Father, what about us? Our hearts are only beating right here, right now, because he allows it, because of his grace, because of his mercy. Therefore, every part of our lives we owe to him, because he owns it anyway. And that's what I'm going to unpack a little bit here today. So we're doing the, the five values, okay? And you heard us talking about the conference earlier, and the conference was a Partners in Harvest conference. You can see it above the banner just here. And that stems out of the Catch the Fire movement, Toronto Blessing if you want to call it that, and that's the banner we're going after. And these are the core values that we as a church um, want to go towards, are living out, but also we want to recognize that we're not there yet, but we want to walk in these greater and do these further. So we've covered the Father's love for Jesus Christ. I say covered it, we, we did what we could. We gave you our perspective of it and, that, and what we could because we know that Jesus came to reveal the Father. You know, And if you heard Lee's talk, you would have heard about him talking about the the natures of God revealed through the Old Testament. And then you get to the New Testament, and Jesus brings a whole new dimension that to, to God, to Yahweh, which people weren't quite expecting, which was the Father. You know, there's, there's snippets of it. There's snippets of it. We can recognize it when we look back and we read through our Old Testament. We can see, well, not snippets, we can see huge aspects of the Father nature, Father heart of God. But Jesus' function came and he revealed God, not just as Father, but as Abba, as Daddy, as Papa. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to recognize this key word intimacy here. Because intimacy is not relationship. Intimacy is the next level to relationship. You know, I can be in a relationship with some of you. You know, we, can, we know each other's names. We know where each other live. But there's only one person that I'm intimate with other than God, and that's my wife. And intimacy is what we are called to have with our Father. Intimacy is what we are called for him to have with us. We've got to allow him to be that with us. Because so many times, just through our own past experiences, we keep him at arm's length. And intimacy is uncomfortable for a lot of us. Even just saying the word daddy, I can imagine some of us trigger with that. Or papa, I can imagine some of us trigger with that because of our own experiences. And sadly, the enemy has used it to pervert it our experiences to provide where that wasn't the original, des- the original design for the for Father. His original intention and design was for you to be in a garden of intimacy with him. Your first, the first creation of man, God was not distant. He was right there face to face, breathing into his, into his nostrils, it says. And the Bible starts and ends with man seeing God face to face. We've got Revelation where John is taken up in the spirit. He's on the Isle of Patmos, and he's taken up in the spirit. So you've got Genesis, where Adam is being revealed, and he's being birthed into life, created into life, and he's face-to-face with God. And you've got John, and the revelation that he receives in that spirit experience, and he is seeing the throne room of God. He is seeing the face of God. You've got the, all the different beings. You've seen Jesus with fire in his eyes. You're not, you with me? You know revelation? So it starts and ends with face-to-face with God. And what is face-to-face? That is intimacy. That is, that is further than relationship. We're, when we're in relationships, they're not priorities always. You know, intimacy, the re- level of re- priority on intimacy is, is the highest. You know, my, my wife, we spend time together every day. 
You know, I've got friends who I don't just consider we've got, we're in a relationship, but we're, we're intimate together. We're friends. We love each other. We've got such history, and they're priority relationships. Does that make sense? So when you're intimate with someone, their presence becomes a priority in your life. You just find time, don't you? We've got those friends and families in our lives where, you know, we, just, we will make time. No matter how busy our lives is, I will make time for you. And you've got other people, it's like, oh, let's meet up. And it's like, okay, yeah, two weeks, three weeks. You know what I mean? It's, there's certain different levels of priority with relationship. And that is what we're called to have with the Father. A level of priority with his presence every single day. So we've got the I, we've got intimacy. And intimacy makes you do crazy things. Intimacy makes you jump out of a boat when you see your Messiah on the seashore. Intimacy, from God's perspective, sees you in the distance and runs at you with a ring and a robe and makes a fool of himself to the rest of the world and says, I love you. Kisses you, embraces you, gives you a ring and a robe and says, come and have a party. He gets in your face, he gets there with you. Intimacy is speaking words of love. Intimacy is saying, I love you, you look great today. Intimacy is honoring one another. So what I'm saying here to begin with is that intimacy is the next level to relationship. And a lot of people are in relationship with God. But it takes the next step, as Lee was talking about, the greater level is to go into intimacy with God because that is his intention for you. He doesn't want to be at arm's length. He wants to be face to face. And for me, I, growing up, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was about 13, 14. And I, I just couldn't help myself anymore. I saw, I was at Soul Survivor, and I, I went and observed first year. Second year went back, and I just could not help myself. It was irresistible to me. The presence of God was so thick and so tangible, I just could not resist anymore. And my life was changed forever. God met me in a way that I can't even put into words anymore. I, well, I can never put them into words. And that was when my life changed forever. And as I, as I journeyed, I found out that not only could you hear God's voice, so we've got presence and hearing God's voice. Can we hear God's voice? But there's also more to it than that. That's not the limit. There is God's voice, and that's the foundation. So we've got God's voice, and then we've got his presence that comes with that. His manifest presence that we know is full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, full of kindness, full of righteousness. So who wouldn't want to be around that? Who wouldn't want to go after that every single day to start their day? And I realized that I could, through the Bible for the written word of God that God actually seems to like appearing to people. It actually seems to be that he likes meeting with people. As I said, from the start to the back, he is always showing up. He is always meeting people, even when they don't expect it. I've read stories like Gideon, and then the angel of the Lord would come, and he says, I've seen the face of the Lord and lived. And I read these encounters of Ezekiel, and I read these encounters of Isaiah, or whoever it may be, when God shows up, and I'm like, hold on. This just said God was there. This just says the Lord showed up. This just means that God, and God appeared to him. And I'm like, wow. And this, this, this thing in my, in my stomach, in my heart, just, just craved that. I was like, this is possible. This is possible. And there was something in me that I just I went from start to back, just looking at the times that God fully showed up in a place in his dwelling place, whether it's a tabernacle, whether it's in the temple, or even to the person of Jesus when he loved us so much that he put himself in a human flesh to come and be with his people, to come and dwell amongst his people. So for me, my heart was set on fire, and it's something I've gone after all my life. 
and it's gone out, and it always starts with intimacy. It always starts with going after his nature, and we know that his nature is intimate. And with that, you start conversations, and with that, you can start to understand, you start to recognize his prompting, you start to seeing him areas that you wouldn't usually expect him to be in. You know, as my wife and I have grown closer together, I can sometimes will come downstairs and I said, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. It's not it's sometimes good, sometimes bad, you know. But <laughs> and I said, I knew she was going to say that. And married couples, people that are family members, you know you can just you can know what people are going to do before they do it, right? And it's the same with God. The more you get to know him, the more you recognize his nature, the more you can just, not predict, but you can see God in certain areas, shapes and forms. I remember I was at a conference a, a couple of years ago. And my expectation of God growing up was this kind of, you've got to speak to me and I've got to be thrust against the wall, lightning bolts, thunder, lightning. Because I was just, like I said, I, was, I loved like the Moses kind of encounters up Sinai. I thought it had to be like this, boom, I'm here. But, and, but my experience was completely different because we know God is more of the, the still voice. Although he, is, he uses his people loudly, doesn't he, sometimes through prophets. So through my life, I've just started to learn to hear the voice of God, which again is the foundation of intimacy. And I was at this conference one time, and I was, I'm a bit of a seer, so I like to look beyond what the physical shows me. So I like to try and look beyond what is being presented. So I like to try and use, you know, you know Paul talks about fix your eyes and not as what is seen, but what is unseen. So I've been like, sometimes I like just to have a look a bit further than what meets the eye. So what I was doing in this conference, worship was going on, I was standing at the back, and I was just, you know, trying to be, I was thinking I was all spiritual, you know, look at me, yeah, blah, blah, just having a look around. And God says to me really quickly, he says, hey, Nathan, you should ask that guy, what's going on with his album? And it, he's talking about the guy leading worship. And I was like, what's going on with his album? And the reason I highlight this is because of the nature of how he spoke to me, the way he said it. And I wait, I wait a good few hours because I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know, he's a worship leader, he's probably got an album coming along, something like that, you know, why, why would I do that? And then, as it usually happens, I can't escape this guy. Everywhere I go, he's there. I go into the toilet, he's there. I go to the kitchen, he's there. And I'm like, and, I, and then I have the nerve to say, Lord, give me an opportunity. I'm like, <laughs> I said, okay, Lord, if he does this. So I, I just, I couldn't avoid it anymore. I said, okay, God, I need a little bit more than what's going on with his album. This guy's called Dave Miller. And um, he says, you need to tell him that I want him to create in this album. And you need to tell him my fingerprints on it. And I want him to create as I create because I am a creator. Therefore, him doing this album is him reflecting my image and being creative. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'll try and do that. So I go up to this guy as he's just come off set. And I say to him, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm practicing hearing God's voice, which I am. I don't hear God all the time, but I do hear God. So I, I like to put it in a more personal term. And he says, oh, okay, yeah, cool. And I said, do you mind if I share with you what he was, he was, um, I felt him say to me? He said, yeah. I said, I felt him ask me to ask you what's going on with your album. And the reason I say that and the reason I feel like he was saying this is because he wants you to know that his DNA is going to be on it, his fingerprint's going to be on it, and he wants you to create as he creates. That's why he wants you and he's backing you to create this album. And he's, he doesn't really, he don't give much away. You know, he's just, he's English after all. You know, he's, <laughs> and he stands there and he says, oh, wow, wow, okay. He said, oh, it's funny because two years, um, two, two hours ago, the producer of, um, of Vineyard Records came to me and asked me to make an album. And he said, but I've been battling ever since because I don't want to, I don't want to boost myself up. I don't want to have, you know, and he said, I don't really put myself in a limelight and things like that. But hearing that, I, that's a, that changes things. 
And you know, for him, that, that was just birthed out for me, just a casual conversation, just a casual prompting from God saying, hey, Nathan, go ask this guy this. I was like, okay. And I get, a, a, six, six months later, I get an email from my friends at the previous church saying, because hey, I told them the story, and they're like, hey, Nathan, look at this, and the, he's brought his album out, which is amazing. And just all glory to God, but I want to I just present that. As that's what it's meant to be like. I'm not saying I've got it all together, but that's what it's meant to be like. Just relationship with your father, intimacy with your father. And we know the presence, okay, something we go after. The presence is the same word for face. When you see the word presence in your Bible, it's the same word for face. So when we seek his face, we seek his presence and, and, and vice versa. And like I say, hearing God's voice is the foundation that we're all working towards, aren't we? we would all, who would love to hear the voice of God? Who would like to hear it audibly? I've never heard it audibly, but we, we all deep down want to hear the voice of God, don't we? Don't we? You've even got Christ, non-Christians, whether psychics or those kind of guys, that deep down they have this longing inside them to hear something greater, and they've just tapped into the wrong thing. You know, we're actually, we're all designed as children of God to hear our Father's voice. But that is the foundation, because there's more to relationship than that. Does that make sense? If I just spoke to my wife on the phone the whole time, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. You know, there's presence that comes with it. There's intimacy that comes with it. There's love that comes with it. And that's exactly the same with the Father. We know that he wants to pour that out for us. Let's, um, let's read John 15 together, shall we? That would be a good place to start. I have started already, don't worry. I'm going to read from the, the Passion Translation. We can go from there. Which is a verse we're all familiar with. Let's go. So, John 15, verse 1. I am a true sprouting vine. It'd be funny if they just cut it as sprout. I'm a true sprout. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to, my, connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I've spoken to you over have already cleansed you, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined with me. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Hallelujah. So if you want more fruit in your life, Here's the answer. Spend more time with Jesus. Spend more time in your word. Find the person of Jesus. And the Bible tells us that he wants to be found. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. He wants to be found. He wants to be sought after. And you know, for my life, coming back to this verse, just through life circumstances, I was just caused to, be, to grow up quite independent and to do things my own and work quite hard to get to where I want to be. And I didn't really fully have an understanding of this, of this, this nature of God or this, this whatever you want to call it, um, this law of the Spirit until I went to Mozambique because it's just something I breathe and live out there as Heidi Baker. She'll just 
you know, she won't even give a sermon. She'll just live in the presence and everything flows from there. And the fruit speaks for itself. Okay, and you can say the same with Jesus. But for me, I was brought up very, I had to be independent because I didn't have anybody else. I had people that were there, but they weren't there, if that makes sense. They were physically present, but in another level, they weren't present. So growing up, I just had to do my own thing. And I traveled to America by myself, and I remember going, and I remember literally, I, I actually regret it now. I went and didn't stay in contact with anyone. I just went to America for five, six months working out there doing football coaching. I didn't contact anyone. And I came back and I said to my mum, Mum, I'm so sorry. Because I didn't realise the effect it would have had on her and she was really upset and I apologised to her. But just through life circumstances, I was caused to be independent. So anything I did, I had to go and find work by myself. I started working at 15, 16. I worked in the army barracks and I did washing up when I was 15 just because I, that was the only way I could get by. And I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for it, don't get me wrong, but I just had to have this mentality of independence, of working, of striving and doing things, you know? But this verse here is saying, if you want fruit, it's not going to come from your own works. If you want to be truly fruitful and stand out, you have to remain connected to the source. Like any fruit, if you go out and see an apple, apple tree, it doesn't strive, it doesn't do anything, it just remains and it just sits and it stays in the place of connectivity to the tree. And the rain will pour it and then it will just grow and it will grow. And it's the same with you and I here today, but it took me a long time to get to that place. And it's something I'm still working on because my, my automatic function is to go back and doing things in my own ability. And the book of Proverbs says, don't be lazy. You know, it says it, it's a, it basically is admiring ants and saying, look how hard they work. So it's, we're not called to be lazy, but we're called to have a posture of constantly remaining connected to the source of the person and connected to Jesus, connected to the presence of God every single day. But what does that look like? For me, it looks like acknowledging that he's with us all the time in every way, shape, and form. You know, I, I like to use the analogy of my son. He would have seen this morning already. Yeah, he's, he's, he's brilliant. We absolutely love him. He's 15 months old. And so I, I took him out to the forest yesterday, pouring down with rain, but we need him to burn energy, all right? You may have guessed that he's got a lot of energy, so I was like, let's, we need to do something. So we went to the forest, and within five minutes, he'd fallen into the biggest puddle, soaking wet, of course. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, he was, he's, as soon as I put him down, he's off. No looking back. But I'm constantly with him. I constantly love him. I'm constantly looking after him and being there, watching him if he's going to fall into a pit or fall into a puddle, which I didn't quite do yesterday. <laughs> but there's nothing like, whether it's at home, whether it's in the forest, whether it's anywhere, there's nothing like him turning and acknowledging me and looking at me, and smiling at me, and giving me a hug, and covering me in slobber. But it doesn't matter. There's no, it doesn't, even if he didn't do those things, I'd still love him, and God still loves us regardless. But there's something that when we move our attention towards him and acknowledgement towards him, it moves his heart. And that's exactly what Lee was talking about and getting us activated in, and what Sue was talking about getting us activated in. It moves his heart and fills his heart with joy and love that you can't help but respond. And that's exactly what you and I are called to do. And you know what? We can experience that face-to-face -face reality. For all my life, I've been looking to, to meet with God in that kind of way. And I remember I'd sit in a, a living room and I'd be like, okay, God, here I am. Come now. I'm ready at any cost. Come now. And nothing would happen. You know, and I'll, and I'll be like, Lord, okay, I'm ready. And bearing in mind, my Bible was gathering dust up in my, my bedroom. 
first mistake there. I started with the Bible first as the foundation. This was, and this is the journey, this is the process. And then all of a sudden, God used to come alive out of the pages. God used to speak to me out of the pages. And then that was the foundation. And then comes his voice outside of that. And then comes his presence. It doesn't have to be in that order. But I was just looking in the wrong places. And the amount of times that he meets me now, you know, if I, if I want to meet with God, I probably wouldn't go to a conference. I'll just go into my living room. Or just stay up a little bit later at night. Because he's found me and I've found him. And this isn't new. We've got people like Moses who went up Sinai, spent time with God, and he came down with his face shining. You know, there's always an outcome to when you spend time in the presence of God. There's always something, whether you recognize it or not, there's always something that changes. His face was shining. And, you know, he had the tent of meeting. And, you know, you, we all here need a tent of meeting. We all need to find a place of tent of meeting. We need one because it's, it's pivotal to our walk with Jesus. And the tent of meeting was basically just like, in my opinion, was basically just like the wardrobe and the um, line the witch in the wardrobe. You go into it and it takes you into a whole different, different world. Same as Sinai. You know? And we can know that Jesus, he obviously walked with um, Moses and Elijah just like that and he could do it at, at will. But we need to find a tent of meeting. We need to find a meeting place with our Father where we can be intimate with him, where he can shower us in his song of love that he sings over us. You know, you know your name is written on his hand. You know, intimacy causes you to do some crazy things. You know, he rejoices over you with singing. You know, he came to die for you. Let's read in um, uh, Psalm 63. And we've got the Psalms majority of the time written by David. And David was someone so favored by God that God said to him, I'm going to have my son in his family line. You know, and the favor of God is you just have to read his story. It's just, it blows your mind, the, the, the presence that was around him. Which all started, by the way, in the field when nobody was around. All started in the secret place when he was watching sheep. That was the thing that enabled him to go and delete, delete, defeat Goliath. Maybe in this day and age you could have deleted him. <laughs> so it all started in the secret place. And that, that pattern of David's hunger for God carried on throughout his life. And we've got Psalm 63 here. It says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land. Now notice he's not asking for my soul search for the gift of prophecy. My soul searched for healing signs and wonders. My soul doesn't search for all the other abilities to do crazy things, to walk on water. My soul doesn't search to raise the dead. My soul searches for you and you alone. His soul searched and cried out. It wasn't just lip service. It was a posture of his, his overflowing within his heart out to God. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. And we know he says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for you, for him and him alone. You know, if you go after him, everything else will follow. Don't go after miracles. Don't go after anything else. Just go after him and everything you want will come. I promise you of that. And we know that better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day with him than a thousand elsewhere. And let me tell you, some of us here are sitting here and we're like, yeah, well, I've, I've been doing this thing. I've been reading the Bible in the secret place. I get up at 6 a.m. and read my Bible and I haven't really experienced much. I've had, I've had some stuff, but I haven't experienced much. Let me tell you, it's about to increase. 
Let me tell you, it's about to get more, so do not give up. He's training you. He's equipping you because he wants you to see him. He wants you to experience him. He wants you to know him as a man knows a wife. And you know what? A little secret. We're going to unpack this a little bit later. But if you spend time dwelling with him in that secret place, the enemy's not going to want to touch you. He's not going to want to follow you in there. He's not going to be around you. If you're so shining with light from your intimacy with him, He's not going to be want to be around you or even come close to you. So it's warfare right there, just spending time with the presence of God. In John 17, Jesus is praying, and he says, this is eternal life, that they may know you. That they may know you. Not just meet with you for 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. Not just experience your presence for a few seconds, whatever it may be. but know you. And the word know there is a word called yada, and it's a Hebrew word that basically resembles a husband and a wife coming together. And that's what, not just what we want for God. It's not just what David wanted for God, but it's what God wants for us. That's where those longings came from, I, be- I believe, that God put them in David, that they would have this communion that they, they both wanted for each other. And it's the same with you and I here today. And we are both, we're all called to know him. Every single day. In every single way. Jeremiah 9.24 says this. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or, their strong, or, or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boast boast about this. That they have the understanding to know me. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, righteousness, Righteousness on earth, and in these things I delight, declares the Lord. He wants to be known by you. He wants to be known. And you know, for us, it's completely possible to do the prophecies, to do the miracles, to do the signs and wonders, to cast out demons and not know him. We know this from Matthew 7, 22, where it says this, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in the name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Because there is power in the name. That's where it comes from. You could could use the name of Jesus and it would work because all authority has been given to Jesus in the name. But imagine how much more fruit you have if you operate out of knowing him and operate out of intimacy of knowing him. You know, all the things that we long for and we're called to have, you know, great levels of faith. We know that faith is usually the key to all the things we want to see, right? You know, if you have faith for it, you can have it, basically, is what it says. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. You know, it's so easy to have faith in someone you know. So easy to have faith in your husband or your wife because you know they're reliable, you know they're trustworthy. You can have faith in them quite easily. If I asked you who is the person you have most faith in, I'd imagine most of you say the one you're closest to. Same with trust. Same with belief. We're all called to have these belief systems in God, but it's so much easier to believe in the one we know which is another high call for intimacy. And how is it that Peter's shadow managed to heal people? He was overshadowed. How is it that Paul's hanky got to heal people? Because he had a union and a connection with God that was so strong that everything that was physically manifest was infected by it, was affected by it. And there's A.W. Tozer, if you know who he is. He was a, I don't actually know what he was, he's a law author. But there's stories about him being locked away in his bedroom or whatever room it was for hours and hours on end. 
and he would just come away dripping with the anointing of God, and he was just in there by himself. Smith Migglesworth, he would go into the room, and pastors that he was visiting would want to go in with him, but they couldn't handle it. Only he had the maturity, what Jesus is talking about in John 15, even the, only he had the maturity and the experience to withstand it. Same as Moses. You never recognize Moses was one of the only ones to go up to the mountain. I think there's a story in Numbers where the Israelites get scared and say, we don't want to do it, but Moses had the endurance to one up and go up and do it. He had the stamina to go and do it. Moses did take the 72 elders up there, but some people stand off at a distance because they're afraid of what it might cost. But it's possible. I want to fill you with faith to know and to go into the secret place and find your father like you've never found him before. So I want to just come into land here with a few practicalities because it's easy to say go and spend time and find him but how do you do it you know my like I've shared my journey a little bit for me my journey I had to just change my perspective a lot and I had to pray hungry prayers for years and years and years and years I had to show him that I wasn't satisfied for a long time and you know hooray if you get it instantaneously that's great but I know for me in my it's been a process it's been a journey of asking hungry prayers it's been a journey of saying Lord I love your voice but I want to see your face I love, I love your face, but I want to I feel you all around me. I love, I love this, whatever I'm seeing, but I want to see more. And it's been, a, it's, it's been turning my focus from heaven, Earth's reality to heaven's reality. And when your focus is on that, you start to see and experience a heck of a lot more. So it's a process. And I think one of the best things that us as leaders could ever do and equip you with is your ability to spend time with Jesus is to equip you with the knowledge and understanding of how to engage him and never want to leave that place. Because that is, like we know, that is the place that everything flows from. And we've got faith. We've got to have faith to understand that he is with us always. We've got to have faith to understand that he wants to be with us. We've got to have faith to understand that he wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And he wants to meet with you. And the last thing, I believe, is purity. We have to be constantly making sure we are pure in what we're watching, what we're doing, what we're saying. And we don't want to get religious about it, but there's just spiritual elements to these things that we need to protect our body with. Who will see the Lord? Those with pure heart. The pure in heart will see God. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and pure hearts. We have to fight for our purity. We have to fight for our children's purity. And it's like I said, it's not a religious thing. We don't want to strive for it and fall under that category, but we must understand the consequences that happen when we aren't careful. And these things, I believe, create a, a greater reality of God's in manifest presence with us. So we're called to be one with him. And like I say, in that, everything is sorted. If you need peace, he is the prince of peace. If you need strength, he is strength. Everything, I could go on for forever, Everything he is that he has. Everything. He is our complete source of what we need. Therefore, go, the one thing go after, go after him. And everything else will follow. Could we, um, could we stand? And I'd like to invite up the band. I'm just going to read Psalm 91 over us. And you know, what better time than now 
spend time with your Father and let it just flow into your week. I'm just going to pray over you and just declare a, a favor over your relationship with him, a greater depth than ever before. But I'm going to read in Psalm 91 first. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap, protect you from every disease. He will cover you with his feathers and he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fish, lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. The first and greatest command is to love the Lord your God. I believe he wants to be loved, not just with our finances and our worship, but with our intimacy with him. So Heavenly Father, Abba, Father, Papa, I ask, Lord, that right now you would remove and do everything that needs to happen in order for us to find you to the full extent. I just speak over this room that we would have mountaintop experiences and they would never end. I speak and declare over you that we will find, you will find the, the Father like David found the Father. You will walk in the oneness that Jesus walked in with the Father. And you'll find it so clearly and so strongly that you'll never want to leave. That you will know his love for you, his song for you. And you'll just be so addicted to that secret place. You'll want to run to it. You won't be able to cope. You want to be able to live without running to the secret place, without being in the secret place with your Father, without being one with Him. That we would be a body of people that run into the secret place, run into His arms of love, His arms of intimacy, His arms of grace. And that we wouldn't just hear His voice, we would see his face. We would know his love. We would know his arms around us. And that we would change the world around us from the overflow that comes from that. So in the name of Jesus, I just speak life. I speak favor. I speak abundance. And I speak depth of intimacy that's never been seen on the earth before. In the name of Jesus.